Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of A Good Drop, where each week and every week we talk about a different kind of drink. Yes, and this week we are talking about Russian Imperial Stout. Yes, the IPA of the stout world. The drink as hard as Russian hammer that will get you as bent as Russian sickle. <laughs> so, boozy. Strong, malty. Very, very strong. Anyway, I'm Stu. I'm Michael. Cheers. Cheers. Russian Imperial Stout is a thick, dark, wonderfully rich beverage. Yeah, and uh, I mean, you want to talk dark, no light escapes this drink. No, this is the darkest beer I've ever seen. Yeah, now that we've poured this, it is in fact... Black. Yeah, it is blacker than the Ace of Spades. Black like the black malt that they put in. (laughs) Well, yes, yes, exactly like the black malt that they put in. Uh, full of yeah, dark, rich, chocolatey caramels, uh, toast, coffee fla- flavors. And yeah, it's a beautiful drink. So the dark beverage in front of us at the moment, because today we are trying two different Russian imperial stouts. Mm, the first one we're drinking is from Feral Brewing Co. And it's called Boris. Go figure. Yeah, it's the Boris Russian imperial stout. <laughs> yeah, and. Before we get into into a bit of history, the Russian Imperial Stout has had a bit of a a revival, just like the IPA. Mm, It has. The American craft beer market has rediscovered rediscovered Russian Imperial Stouts, or Stouts in general, and revamped them, changed them. They're, They're currently pushing the envelope of what could be called a Russian Imperial Stout. Yeah. Just like IPAs. Because along with porters, it was slowly becoming less and less popular, mm. being replaced, I guess, with lagers, which are still the best-selling beer worldwide. Mm. But then, of course, yeah, the craft scene got onto it and went, well, this is a fantastic beer with lots of interesting flavors and warmth and complexity and lots of room to experiment yeah and so they took it around with it and that's why we have a a craft couple of craft beers actually yeah one from feral the other one from revel revel yeah so two two australian craft beers two australian russian imperial stouts which is not as strange as it sounds considering that the very first russian imperial stout was british Mm. And I guess we'll come well, to that in well, in a moment. Oh, we're going to taste this before it because warms up, we should don't we? taste it first. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose as well we should say we'll say cheers, cheers, and we'll have a taste. Wait, what? What, but, do we, what do we say for the vodka episodes when we um, prost? Prost. That's what we should be mm. saying. Prost. prost. Mm. Wow. That's. The glasses, the um, glasses were a good choice. Yeah, we had um, <laughs> we had an argument before we even get into the flavors. We had a debate. <laughs> we had a rich debate about what glass we should drink them out of. Yeah, because we haven't done a best glass for stout episode yet. 
Not yet. So we don't know which glass is best for stout. No. And the articles I've read said snifters. Or, yeah, beer snifters. And you wanted to drink them out of steins. Yes, I wanted to use steins. Because the the closest thing you had to beer snifters is, of course, these wine glasses that we're currently Hmm. drinking them out of. But you had steins. And I like drinking out of a beer stein. I like holding it by the handle. Yeah. And it also, you know, really brings out those deep bold flavors and the imperial stouts are all about those deep bold flavors but my my argument was that that's the problem bringing it's a, a drink with deep bold flavors lots of back of the palate notes and if your glass is going to bring out those flavors you're going to end up with a drink that's too bitter too dark too bottom too back palate heavy too strong. Yeah. And so and so with the white wine glass, when we had that IPA, it brought out all the, the front fruity, bright flavors and smells, brought those all to the front, emphasized those. So I I was thinking that this glass would balance out the balance out the, the base heavy notes that are already emphasized with this style of drink. Yeah, so I I agreed that for now we might as well drink out of that one, (laughs) but that we are going to have to revisit this to settle it once and for all in an Imperial Stout glass comparison episode. Place your bets. Where we find out which one it is. You know what that means? I have to actually get uh, beer snifters or brandy balloons. Yes, well, I I have brandy balloons. The actual proper glasses for this. But... One should not drink this out of... I wouldn't think brandy balloons. The the top is very closed. Is it? Oh, probably not then. Mm. So a beer snifter. Beer is, snifter is would, the one. Would be the go, yeah. Right. So Russian Imperial Stouts, born in England. Yes. By, by the Russians. Born in England for the Russians. I mean, for it's, the a, Russians. it's a fantastic story of failure and ingenuity mm. that led to the modern-day Russian Imperial Stout. Because the um, Peter the Great, the Tsar of Russia, during a 1698 visit to England, began a sort of obsession with stouts. With porter. He loved it. Mm. He loved the stuff. Well, and at the time, stout wasn't really a thing. They were all porters. Mm. And because it was the popular drink back then, uh, he ordered some shipped over to Russia and the worst happened. Yeah, it did not survive the thousands of kilometers it had to travel. No. And not only that, it was rancid. Yep. So the Barclay Brewing Company of uh, of London was determined to have another go at it. So yeah, they he didn't want to be embarrassed, so he had to produce something that would last the trip. Yeah, so they added more alcohol and because al- alcohol is a, was a known preservative at the time. Yep, and they also added more hops so that it would last longer and the stronger flavors would hopefully hold up to the travel. And, and it did. Yeah, the result was an inky black concoction that um, survived so well that the Russians loved it. The warmth and complexity of it just led to enormous popularity. Mm. Throughout um, throughout right. Russia and large parts of Europe, yeah, the 
and that it, that is how the Russian Imperial Stout was born. The recipe yeah. up until the the late nineties hadn't really changed or hasn't changed, and the, until the craft brewers until the craft brewers got their hands on it. I mean, it it was so big after it first came out that the uh, Empress Catherine the Great, who was around from seventeen twenty nine to seventeen ninety six ordered ludicrous amounts of it to be sent to her. And there was um, one noted supplier that she frequently went to because she liked it not just for herself, but for her whole court. She would provide stout for all of them. Mm. Everybody who was there was drinking stout. If you yeah. were if you were chilling with Catherine the Great, you were drinking imperial drink stout. stout. Whether you liked it or not. But yeah. you probably liked it. Uh, so the... The their major the Imperial Court's major supplier was a brewery called Thrall's Anchor Brewery in the parish of Southwark, a mile or two upriver from John Courage's brewery site, mm, which is in London. Mm. For those who don't know England, yes, <laughs> and uh, yeah, they provided her with an Imperial Stout that they promised would keep for seven years. That's which that's phenomenal. A, Considering it was the 1700s, that's yeah. a heck of a promise. But I'm guessing that they, since they were supplying to her, they knew how long it, she'd actually have it for and that there would never be a challenge on that seven years. No. <laughs> but it does explain why stouts have a vintage. Like what year they were made. Yeah, because they will keep. That's They were designed to keep. And age. And age, yeah. Because they're designed to keep. They were always designed to keep, and the design worked so well that it just went on and on and on. And uh, in 1795, a British author said that the reputation and enjoyment of Porter is by no means confined to England. He was talking about the popularity of it, of course. Mm saying that um, it was exported everywhere in massive quantities because finally they had a recipe that could be exported because previously, if it was made in England, it stayed in England. Yeah. Or maybe it got over to France. Because beer didn't travel well. Yeah. It just didn't survive the, the heat, the the motion of the, o- motion of the ocean, all that jazz. Um, so this... this the, the Russian Imperial Stout, that style started to expand all over Europe. And that, uh, as, as a side note, that extended into the Baltic region. And they, and the people of that area decided, this stuff is really good. Let's make it locally instead. And that's, yeah. that's how the Baltic Porter was born. Mm. But that's a story for another episode. Yes. And, uh, in fact, the um, it was also noted by a British author that Russian Imperial Stout, and I'm directly quoting here, refreshes the brave soldiers who are fighting the battles of their country in Germany and animates with new ardour and activity the colonists of Sierra Leone and Botany Bay. Hmm. Which, so- you know, it says a lot about the time that it was really at its peak. Yeah, like the late 18th century. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because in the late 18th century, it was at its absolute height and then it Mm. really plummeted. 
until, as as we said, it got picked up by the craft brewers who changed the recipe and made it darker and richer and more complex. Mm. And that is pretty much what we're drinking today. The 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 remake, the part two. Yes, this is not the greatest Russian Imperial Stout. It's this just is just a tribute. tribute. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we but should probably good. describe it because we haven't actually talked about what this tastes like yet. Oh, yeah. The Boris Russian Imperial Stout by Feral Brewing Co. Um, well, it's got all the, all the delicious flavors I mentioned before. The, mm. the chocolates, the um, little bit of coffee, bit of toast. Yeah. Yeah, definitely hint of, hint of coffee, hint of toast. There's a little sweetness to it. It's not like dark caramel or burnt caramel. Maybe mm. oh. maybe a little burnt butter as well. If we're just talking the notes, yeah, I definitely yeah. catch a actually a hint of popcorn. I think mm. on on that because it's almost there's a slight saltiness to it. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's interesting is that you can't really smell salty. No, but you can taste it. Yeah. And I think the because the smell of it comes through in the that popcorn smell. Mm. It's very subtle, but yeah, and it's, and taste wise, you've got it's bitter, like mm. it is it is IPA kind of bitter. Um, yeah, which you'd expect from the amount of hops that goes <laughs> into an imperial stout. Yeah, and black malt. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that, but it's not um, it's not excessive though, because all the other flavors are equally strong. Mm. I think it's well balanced, whereas sometimes an IPA, the bitterness can sort of uh, overpower mm. the other more subtle flavors. Yeah, I would agree with that too. But this is nice. I like it. I really like it. I and like again with the IPAs, this is a one and done kind of drink. I don't know if I could have. Heaps of these every day. Or yeah, heaps I mean, this, of these in a night. Something that we, I suppose, should mention is that these are by no means a standard strength beverage. Like, these are strong. Imperial stouts are strong at the best of times. The one that we're currently drinking is 9.1%. That's like 2.2 standard drinks or something. There's 2.1 standards in, in, the, in the bottle. 2.4. 2.4? Yeah. Per, per bottle. Per bottle. Fire out. Now, the other Imperial Stout that we have, because we did mention there is another. Mm. That one is stronger than this one. But it's a... Well, we're splitting one 500ml bottle between the two of us. Mm. So we'll be having roughly... Another, another two standards. Another drinks. two standards each, because <laughs> that bottle contains 4.1 standards. Mm. Because Russian Imperial Stout is strong. Mm. They're designed to last the distance, last yeah. the journey. Yeah. So, on that note, should we crack the second one? Yes. Yeah, so, we will take a brief break as we casually finish off our current beverages. Hmm. And then, uh, when it's a sensible period of time that's passed, which will be, <laughs> of course, no time at all for you, dear listeners, we will come back with Imperial Stout the Second. So now here we are on our next stout. Mm, the the Russian Imperial Stout from Revel Brewing Co. These guys are Brisbane-based from, um, what does it say? Blimba. So yeah, just down the river. Yeah, so yet yet another Brisbane-based, just like the Feral. Just like Feral. So I'm, I'm excited for this one because uh, Brisbane 
beers are pretty good. Yeah, there's some very good craft brewers in in our local area. Because mm. obviously, when we're talking about Brisbane, we're talking about Brisbane, Australia, not Brisbane, Canada. <laughs> yes, let's not forget about Just Brisbane, for, for Canada. Clarification, because we know we have listeners over in Canada. <laughs> we do. Yeah. So, what? So here we go. Let's let's have a smell. Yeah, have a have a smell. Have a taste. Hmm. Uh, immediately, it smells completely yeah, different. It really does. What's? I mean, there's a smell there that I can't really pick. Yeah, like the the appearance was different as well. This has held its uh, it's held its head a lot better than hmm. the previous one. That's true. Although, and it should be worth mentioning that. During our beer glass taster episodes, the white wine glass didn't really hold the head of the IPA that we it, it had. Didn't. It, it dissipated quite quickly. Mm. I mean, not as quickly as the highball. Yeah, and it dissipated quite quickly in this as well, but it um, it generated more head immediately upon being poured. That is true. And held it for longer. But the uh, the flavors and the notes to it are very interesting and also very different. It strikes me as having a lot more complexity and subtlety. Mm, it does. There's, it's not as as in your face. This one, I think, there's a lot. Yeah, it, it, there's a lot more complexity to it. The other one is bolder. Yeah, Boris is very strong and bold, and and this particular one is yeah subtle. There's uh, there's, there's something I can't pick though. Is it like a, a fermented? Milk? Milk? It's, it's yogurt, not, maybe? It, it doesn't quite strike me as a, as a yogurty flavor. I think it's it's milk bottles. It, it's like it's the oh, milk bottle lolly smell. That's it. Yeah, is, is what that is. That's that's what I'm picking up off mm. off that note there. Yeah, like it's not quite milk flavored or smelled, but mm. yeah, yeah, but. Yeah, like it's um, it's got a slight hazelnuttiness to it in the on the palate. I, I I think so. Like, oh, not on, not on the nose. Oh, but but on the palate in in the taste of it. Like along with the very subtle chocolate flavor. Mm. Like it, yeah, like a a milk chocolate, not a dark chocolate, like the other one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hmm. Yeah, this this is much sweeter. Hmm. Much yeah, sweeter. Yeah, just like a chocolate milkshake, only alcoholic. <laughs> only alcoholic. Yeah. So it says on the bottle, a special beer brewed just once a year. This year's vintage, we've upped the ante, produced something we think is fit for royalty, the king of beers. This Russian imperial stout pours jet black, is rich and decadent and one to be celebrated. A complex malt bill provides the dark chocolate overtones, luscious body and smooth mouthfeel. A beer to be savoured amongst the best of friends. Well, I, I would agree with the smooth mouthfeel aspect, but the dark oh, yeah. chocolate flavours, I'm not getting that. Chocolate flavours, yes. Dark yeah. chocolate, uh, not so much. Yeah. Well, not not compared to the feral, not, not no. compared to Boris. <laughs> no. Boris flavour strong, like bull. <laughs> Please don't this, hate us Russians. Not so much. Mm. I don't think we have any listeners in Russia. In I don't think we have any listeners in Russia. But if we do, and uh, we've offended you, do let us know on the email address that we'll give you <laughs> later on. Yeah. Well, I haven't really got anything else for this episode. Um. Although, oh, I do want to mention something that 
um, you might see at a lot of craft breweries. So there are a couple of there are, are a couple of different ways to pour a uh, beer out of a keg or tap beer out of a keg. There's carbon or CO two, carbon dioxide, which is what most beers are poured with, and there's nit- nitro nitro. There's nitro, which or nit- nitrous oxide, I think. Nitrous oxide, yeah. Yeah, and the nitrous oxide produces really thick, creamy head. Like the the whole beer feels creamy. There's only a little bit of fizz, and it makes a drink really, really smooth. Well, uh, that's what the uh, Guinness Brewing Co. builds into their cans. Mm, exactly, but this. So the the Russian Imperial Stout that we're currently drinking, I I believe that was 